Today we spoke about arise and pray. And what continued? Things are getting bad. Things are getting bad. And we made the point that you need to arise and pray. Because prayer is the weapon that the Lord has given you. And our foundation text was from Luke 22, reading from the verse 39. And my reference was from the NIV. Hallelujah. And in that script, in that text, we saw how Jesus took his disciples to the Mount of Olives. And they went there to pray and he came back and he found them asleep. Like most of us, we are sleeping. We sleep more than we pray. We sleep more than we pray. And we play more than we pray. Hallelujah. But God has given us a responsibility to engage in prayer for ourselves. Prayer is your duty. Prayer is your responsibility. It's your job. That is the reason why sometimes you can find a believer that is blessed and on their way to, to high places. But without prayer, they, they, they truncate their eyes. They truncate their eyes. They curtail their eyes. They cut short their eyes and their progress. Because the engagement of prayer, which is their responsibility, they have given it back to God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit to do it for them. And that, I'm sorry to let you know, is a no-no. It's your job. It's your job. And we went on to see how Jesus said, could you not tarry with me for an hour? Just one hour. And you are sleeping. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So the question is, what have you been doing to weaken your body? What have you been up to that weakens your body? What is weakening your body? Is it Netflix? TikToking? YouTubing? Facebooking? Instagramming? So what is yours? What is making you weak? What is making you tired? Is it laziness? Girlsing and boysing. Hallelujah. And we said that Jesus, even at the age of 12, was already in the synagogue engaging in the principles of the kingdom. So for you, you have overgrown. You have matured to engage in the principles of God. And in this dispensation of ours, prayer is one of the things that is being pushed to the background. Hallelujah. To write an examination, sometimes you have a compulsory section that you have to write. And the marks is fixed. Attempt it and you get the marks. And prayer is like that. Prayer is compulsory for every believer. It's not an option. Prayer is compulsory for every believer. And so I want to challenge you to go back to the altar of prayer. Amen. And so we'll make progress from there and, and, and we are believing God for a shift in the atmosphere and for some ministrations. Hallelujah. 
And my foundation text for tonight is from James chapter 5. We are reading the verse 13, the verse 1-3. It says, is anyone amongst you in trouble? Let them pray. I'm reading I've never seen. Is anyone amongst you in trouble? Let them pray. In other words, the antidote to your troubles is your prayer. It's in the word. Is anyone in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Verse 14. Is anyone amongst you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. In the verse 15. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So you see, this is a combo package from prayer. You are in trouble, pray. You are sick, prayer. And if you have sinned, you will be forgiven. So, to engage in prayer solves a lot of things for us. Prayer is very, very important. Ask your neighbor, how is your prayer life? Give yourself a percentage. Ask your neighbor, tell me your percentage. I want to know, I want to know, I want to know, be honest. Amen. What is your percentage? If you are around 30, then you are entering, to, you, are, you, are, you are failed. If you are around 40, 50, then you are, you are because that point will not knock a demon. Hallelujah. You need to be heading towards 80, 90 so that with a little correction, you'll be hitting the 100 mark. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to pray. Prayer is your communication with God. And let's look at some benefits of prayer. Let's look at some of the benefits of prayer. Prayer deepens your relationship with God. If you talk to somebody frequently, your relationship gets closer and stronger. You may be in the same flat with somebody, but because you don't talk frequently, you are not close. And somebody may be in China, in Nigeria, in South Africa, in Australia, because of technology, you talk all the time and your relationship is close and closer. Because you communicate all the time. So the more you pray, the more closer you are with God. Hallelujah. So number one benefit, prayer deepens and strengthens your relationship with God. Number two, it brings you answers. It brings you answers. Number three, it gives you directions. In prayer, you hear a word. In prayer. In prayer, your spirit is sharpened. So that when God speaks to you, you will hear. Call unto me. And I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things that you do not even know. 
It's in prayer. Call to me and I'll answer. It brings deliverance. Prayer brings deliverance. So if you are sick and the prayer is going on, wherever that thing is coming from, it will disappear. Especially if it is demonic. It helps you to avoid temptation. We spoke about temptation yesterday. That temptation goes hand in hand with evil. Matthew chapter 6, the verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. They go together. Temptation and evil, they go together. Prayer is a weapon. And it is your weapon. Prayer is a weapon. And it is your weapon, your personal weapon. Prayer is a defense and protection. Prayer gives protection. Prayer is a defense. Prayer also gives you fulfillment. I don't know about you, but anytime I check into prayer and out, I feel fulfilled. There is some peace and some joy in your heart. It gives you confidence that you are ticking the boxes. You are doing the right thing. It increases your faith and gives you hope. Prayer connects you to God. Prayer is also a sign of obedience and dependence on God. How many have we done? Prayer also activates atmosphere for miracles, healings, deliverances, and breakthroughs. It activates atmosphere. And yesterday you noticed when we prayed and prayed and prayed, the atmosphere was activated and all of a sudden, boom. Hallelujah. Let me make this statement that prayer is not an easy feat. A lot of the times we expect prayer to be easy. But prayer is hard work. It's work, mommy. It's work. It's hard. Prayer is what? Prayer is hard work. We are told in Colossians chapter 4, the verse 12, referring to Epaphras, one of the congregation where Paul was coming from, he said he is always laboring in prayer. Epaphras was always wrestling. He said, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Jesus Christ, sends greetings. He is always wrestling. So you, you, you see wrestling. Wrestling is a battle. It is the reason why sometimes when you want to pray, you fall asleep because the enemy knocks you out. Because the moment you create the mind 
and you said the atmosphere that I'm going to pray, the devil will give you no car. And by the time you realize you were thinking about praying from 7 p.m., you wake up at 7 p.m. The knock, the punch, knocks you out. And you are gone. Hallelujah. Prayer is wrestling. So, if you want to pray, you have to plan your way into prayer. We are coming to the pra practical aspect. You have to plan. If I want to have a personal all night, I look at what I eat. I don't eat heavy. No banku, no kenke. No eba. No ponded yam, fufu yam, konto yam, nothing. Hallelujah. And sometimes I would deliberately take a nap, a little rest. You have to plan as if you are traveling. And you have to get your visa and get your passport and get your ticket and make your way to the airport in time to check in in time. Not to miss your flight. The same way you have to plan your way into prayer. Hallelujah. This is the deliverance point. This is where many people miss it. Because they don't plan their way into prayer. They just do everything, everything and then they just get up. And then they want to go into prayer. You will miss it. That is why the punch is coming and you don't see the punch. Total knockout. You don't get up again after the bell. And sometimes they have to come and play with you to massage you to get up. Hallelujah. So the next time you are going to pray, plan your way into prayer. Plan your way into prayer. Sometimes I have to set an alarm because I want to get up. The same way you set alarm to get up and study or to go to work or perform an assignment is the same way you have to set an alarm to wake up and take a shower and feel fresh and get yourself in the mood by playing some worship songs and kick yourself into it so that you can do some proper warfare. Because it's a battle. It's a battle. It's a fight. It's a fight. Prayer is not, is, 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 how do I say it? Prayer is not easy for anyone. It's hard work. It's discipline. You don't get used to like the cold. You have been in the United Kingdom for many years. Even whether you were born here or not, when you see cold, you know it's cold. It never changes. You don't get used to it. Cold is cold. Prayer is hard work. And you need to be disciplined. Hello? If you want to achieve anything in Christ, in the kingdom, for since the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffered violent, and it is talking about the violent in their faith, in their focus, in their persuasions. They are the ones that achieve things in the kingdom. You need to have violent faith, violent focus. You need to set your, 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 your focus like a flint. Hard, lesser focus. No distraction. Ask my wife at home with me. Sometimes people don't come to her and say, oh, this is your house where rabbits are home. We don't like it. 
It looks like imprisonment. It's not imprisonment. My focus is sharp. You can't cross my focus. Hallelujah. When I'm going to preach and I sit in the car, if I've not spoken to you, don't talk to me. I'll drop you. Easy, I'll drop you. Because you are distracting my thoughts. After church, I can carry you. After the preaching, I can carry, I can run. I can play with you. But until that, if I've not spoken to you, don't try it. You become an enemy. Every man of God is different. That is me. Amen? Because I never saw in the scripture Jesus playing when he has an assignment. Sometimes he will leave his disciples and go a little further. Focus. Focus. Hallelujah. So we are talking about a Pephras who is like that. He was wrestling. And when you read the scriptures every now and then, you get from the key, uh, uh, the key figures, the nitty gritties of becoming successful in kingdom assignments. And here we are, we are told about how a Pephras does it. He wrestles, laboring in prayer. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Is somebody with me? Is somebody with me? Give Jesus a clap. This is... Now, let's, let's say that we made a, a, a point from Proverbs chapter 4, the verse 16, that there are people on this earth who do not sleep until they see you fall. And so you don't know now. This is why sometimes I see believers when something happens to them because they are nice to somebody. They expect the person also to be nice. Where? Who told you that lie? Who said your gentleness and your niceness can change everybody? It will only change people who are nice and they are in the kingdom with you. But for these people who will not sleep until they see you fall, your niceness does not exist. So you do so much for them and they have to, you expect them to reciprocate it. It doesn't come because they are not on the same plane with you. By their fruits, you will know them. And you, a lot of you, you can see the fruit of the evil and the wicked people around you. And yet, you are refusing to subscribe. Am I, am I talking? There are friends around you. And you know they don't like you. Anytime it is your birthday, you are giving them presents, you are calling them, you are going the extra mile. When it is yours, they pretend as if they don't know you exist. And then you are crying, and you are crying, and you are even praying that God will change them. Change your prayer topic. Change your prayer topic. Because scripture said by their fruit, you will know them. As long as you are seeing the fruit, Change your prayer topic. Jesus saw a fig tree without the fruit. He said, you, I've seen you. You don't bear fruit. You are barren. I don't have time for you. Change it one time. You can tell this boyfriend, this boyfriend, this boyfriend, this girlfriend, he's been playing with your heart. You know. Oh, you know, you know, you know, you know. But you are pretending to be blind and you are praying about them. Change your prayer topic. 
They play with other things. Other things. You are giving them other things on silver platter to attract them. And they are not re reciprocating it. Change your prayer topic. Change your direction. Look somewhere else. Oh, chop all your money and chop other things. Somebody say, I repent. Say, I repent. I receive wisdom. Hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. I, I remember an auntie when we were growing up. Oh, as young as I was, this woman was an elderly person already in Accra, Ghana. So I knew her back home. And we got here one day and uh, I've not seen her for years. And somebody gave her my number to call me because um, I've become a man of God. And she was going through something she called. So I listened and I listened and I listened. I said, okay, thank you for telling me your side of the story. Let me ask you some questions. And I asked the question, got to a point, I realized that I was, I was infringing on her human rights. Because as old and an auntie as she is, she has been living stupidly. Stupidly. Amen. And I was only close to telling her that you are being stupid and foolish. Amen. I was being gentle and mindful. Because she, she, she has brought a man to a house and she is feeding the man. And the man is working. The man doesn't support in anything and anything. I said, listen, tell the man you are giving him three days to look for somewhere to move. He said, Reverend, I can't do that. I said, if you can't do that, then don't call me again. Don't waste I don't have time for fools. One of the reasons why I will not go to hell is the many fools that you find. Because even when the scripture is open and they can see the obvious, they are refusing. So I will not go to hell. I will not go to hell. I, I, after the fire, we, in our living rooms, we put fire in our rooms. So we will be fine. It is the fools in hell. That I can't stand. So let's make our way to heaven. To see people with intelligence, with wisdom, with understanding, with love, with smiles. Amen. I say amen. Now, let's look at the evil part. And we are talking about people who don't sleep for they cannot rest until they, they do evil. They are robbed of sleep until they make someone stumble. In other words, you fall. In other words, you fail. In other words, you die. And yesterday, we made the example of that young girl that was killed two weeks ago who shouldn't have died. And somebody will ask, where was God? God was where he was. That's why God gave us head to think. It is not for head do. It's for thinking. It's not for Brazilian or Indonesia hair. It is okay when you do it and we admire. But there's something inside that you must also use. Choose your battles. Hello? And so there are these people. And look at, let's look at the verse 17. The verse 17. It said they eat the bread of wickedness and they drink the wine of violence. These people are just ruthlessly evil. They want your downfall. They want you to fail. When you are crying, that is when they are happy. When you are depressed, they are happy. 
when you are sad, they are happy. And you are not praying. And they are around you. And sometimes they are your confidant. They are the very people you go to. Tell somebody to shine your eyes. By their fruits, you will know them. Don't let it leave you. Amen. So let's look at what has happened in Israel. We saw how on the Sabbath they were celebrating. They were harmless. And another group of people went and killed. In the time of peace. There are evil people on this earth. And that is the reason why you must engage prayer. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. We saw how Jacob and Esau, they were twins. How the brother stole his brother's birthright. He was smart at home. The smartness was not outside. The smartness was at home. The same father, the same mother. Think about it. The same mother, the same father. And yesterday I asked you a question that when somebody goes to a shrine and they perform rituals and they conceive and they give birth, where are those children coming from? And what is their mission? There are evil people in our midst. A friend of mine many years ago fell in love with a girl and she didn't know that the girl was a spirit from the underworld. Amen. For a spirit from the underworld. So that is the reason why when you also see, you need to pray when you meet somebody to marry. You need to pray. Please, don't use vital statistics. Don't use vital statistics. Don't look at their height, their color. Don't look at their career. Don't look at their position. Don't look at their front and their back and their sides. Oh, what happens when you marry your sweetheart and then something happens and then the legs are gone and the front is gone and the side is gone. Are you going to change your mind? It's a question. Oh, you are going to sing. It, it, it must have been love, but it's over <laughs> Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. We all saw how Cain killed his own brother because he was, the brother was favored. Amen. So when you are walking with friends and people and the glory of God is upon you and the favor of God is upon you, you don't know how jealousy and envy will cause them to treat you. Jealousy and envy can change a good person to a bad person. The moment the glory locates you, when the glory comes, when you are singing this song, somebody is having running to me. And they are thinking about coming after you. They are thinking about stories to frame you. They are recording the confidence, the, the confidence that you have in them and the story that you are sharing. In this dispensation, be careful when you are talking to people. When I have Zoom meetings with people in church, 
Number one, there must be camera. Number two, you must have a earpiece. And I must see the second earpiece lying down. Because I don't know who is by you to hear what I'm discussing with you. Because all of you have become FBI agents and CIA agents. And journalists. And you will record. And I have no idea where you are taking the recordings. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, so be careful. Be careful. We saw how Joseph's own brothers, what envy did to them. And jealous because the father favored them. And let me say this to parents. If you, by any chance, which shouldn't have happened, but if you love any of your children more than others, don't make it known. Keep it in your heart. Because some parents will say, oh, I saw you, you are my best, you are my favorite, you are my this, you are my that. What you do not know is that you are setting the others against them. We saw it in scripture. We saw it in scripture. Hallelujah. We saw Potiphar's wife and Joseph. When he wanted Joseph's KFC, and Joseph said, I'm not selling KFC, I'm running away. She couldn't understand it. And she framed the story and got Joseph into the prison. Forget God turning that into, into something good for Joseph. We are looking at the act. That act was wrong. That act was wrong. That you want to force yourself onto a young man and he says, no, I will not do a thing against my God. And she framed the gentleman. If God had not come in, his destiny was finished. We also saw the story of those two ladies in Kings, Second Kings chapter, First Kings chapter two, verse chapter three. Those who had slept on the same bed and one conceived and the other one slept on their child. When they woke up and the one is dead, they said, "No, this is my child." They fought over and then Solomon said, "Okay, let me cut the child into two. The other woman said, "Yes, kill." So there are people who would sacrifice anything to see you fail. Don't think everybody in your office likes you when they are singing your praises and your reviews are good and your boss likes you and then you are prayerless. It won't take long. They will break the chest from your backside. Hallelujah. We have all seen on social media in this dispensation where witches are live streaming. Oh, how many of you have seen it so that I'm not a liar? Oh, I have evidence here. Witches are live streaming and they come on screen, on, on screen, on the, on the, and they say, share, share, my, call my people. Call my people live. Life. And in, in, in some time pass, when they say somebody is, a, a, is an occult or a witch or a wizard or a babalao or something, they are in the bush and somebody will have to secretly take you to them. These days they are in our view. They are on social media. Their numbers are there. And so if somebody wants to do any evil to you, it, they, they don't need to go anywhere. And they run interviews these days. They run interview. They are interviewed. How many can, can bear what I'm talking about? It is a reason why you need to be prayerful. I 
I'm opening your eyes to the angle of prayer so that you take it serious. Your pastor will do his part for you, but you also have to do your part. Hallelujah. Your, your doctor, your GP will prescribe the medication, but you have to take the medication. It's a partnership. It's a partnership. Hallelujah. Recently, we were in, in Accra, Ghana, and Apostle General was ministering, and then prophetically, he said, there's a lady here. You are, you, you are here. You've been somewhere because you love a man that is in love with another person and you have gone to do something. The Lord said, if you do not come out to be delivered, he will kill you. And the person was quiet. He didn't come out. He ministered and ministered and ministered and he called again. He said, there is a lady, a lady, a lady, you are here. So, 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 so. After 15, 20 minutes, the lady came out. Somebody in church who has gone to a voodoo. And they are in church. Yeah. I have paused for reflection. So that you know that it, you can't read and tell who is around you. You need to be very, very careful. It is in prayer and the Lord will show you a dream about that sister and about that, pray, that brother and about that colleague to be very careful. So when you are prayerful, your spirit is sharp. We will enter into ministration very soon and I'm believing God for freedom because there are people who do not know that spiritually they have been tagged. So all your movements is being seen in the realms of the spirit. On the other side, we will sort it out tonight. We will sort it out tonight. Now let me go back into scripture. Let's look at Psalm 35. And we are talking about a man who was a warrior. A man who killed a giant. A man who killed lions. Killed bears. With his bare hands. Now calling on God to arise and contend for him. We are talking about no man but David. Psalm 35. This is a warrior. David, a warrior. We know about David. Killed Goliath. He made reference that he killed a bear. He killed, he killed a, a lion. He fought. David was a warrior. To the point that when he wanted to build a, a, a temple for God. God said you have fought too much battles. You have killed too many. There is too much blood. God testified that David was a warrior. And a man that can look at you and slay you with his eyes. Now calling on God to do what? To arise. Earth of David, contend Lord with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. When a warrior is making a claim that people are fighting against him and he's tired, a warrior now say, hey, I can't fight. I need reinforcement. And you and I here, chicken feet. Nando's. KFC, McDonald's, Burger King. And you're not praying. Tell your neighbor we need to pray. Tell your neighbor we need to pray. Tell your neighbor we need to take this prayer thing serious. We need to take this prayer thing very, very, very serious. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Amen. 
David said, arise. Contend. In other words, fight. In other words, battle. For there are those who are fighting against me. They want to take your life. They want to take your marriage. They want to take your finances. They want to destroy your destiny. They want to destroy your children. They want to see you sad, miserable. That you, oh my goodness. They want to see you lose your hair, lose your mind, lose your teeth, lose your beauty, lose your knees, lose your joints. They want to see you sad and miserable. They are on this earth. They are here. They are here. Let's skip to the verse, the verse 3. Branding spear and javelin against those who pursue me. This is a warrior making the declaration that he is being pursued. Say to me, I am your servant. Now David is calling God to encourage him. This is the same David who encouraged himself. As Ziklag, when they came after him. This is a warrior. Let's look at the verse 4. He said, may those who seek my life be disgraced. May those who seek my life be disgraced and be put to shame. May those who plot my ruin. This is a warrior talking. This is a warrior. A warrior is saying that people are plotting my death. Amen. You go for a, a normal checkup and then you are told that there's something wrong with your kidney because they want to take one of your 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 your, your. That's what the doctors are doing these days. A lot of doctors are criminals. But they are good ones. Let's clap for the good ones. Let's clap for the good ones. Hallelujah. Do, do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. They are, they are doing stuff in the medical field. And you have to pray. I remember when my wife was pregnant with uh, our first son. She, she had blood pressure over 270 something. And I started speaking in tongues. And I started speaking. I won't, I won't listen. They talk to me in the place. I, don't, I won't listen. Because I have to switch. This 200 and something cannot deliver a baby. You are seeing, you are looking at death. Speak in tongues. Right in front of me. The, the, the number dropped 234. She's here. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you need to be prayerful. You need to be prayerful. One night, I spent about seven hours in prayer. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. And when I went to bed, the demon in my father's house appeared to me in my room. You are making too much noise. You are making too, we have silenced everybody. You are making too much. I saw the throne. And I started speaking and screaming. And she woke up and said, hey, what is wrong? I said, Relax. Relax. You have no idea what I'm seeing. That at that time I was not spiritually fortified like this. I would have checked their passport and checked their visa and repatriated them. Amen. Sometimes you look at your parents and you can sympathize with their troubles and their wahala. The difference is that they have not prayed enough. And so you, the one who are blessed 
and you have the advantage to be in a service like this, for your eyes to open, you need to subscribe to prayer. You need to subscribe to prayer. You don't subscribe to YouTube. You don't subscribe to Instagram. You don't subscribe to Netflix. You subscribe to prayer. You subscribe to prayer. You subscribe to prayer. Hallelujah. I remember in Acts chapter 12 that King Herod arrested some members of the church. Acts chapter 12, let's go. He arrested some members of the church and then he killed. And he noticed that he pleased his people. No people from outside. No people from the nightclubs. No prostitutes. He arrested somebody from the church. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church. Not one, some. And when you are arrested, it doesn't mean always that you are killed. They, they can disfigure you in the realms of the spirit. That even when men see you physically, they see a masquerade. They see somebody who is about to die. They see a skeleton. Belong to the church intending to persecute them. That's true. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. So it is not every stabbing that's an accident. Sometimes the stabbing is like this. Killed with a sword. Agents on the streets. Verse 3. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. So, there was, they were, they were celebrating. So, like what has happened with Amas in Israel. While they were celebrating the Sabbath, the enemy was plotting. In Bible and Acts chapter 12, it is still happening. Who told you they are finished? Who told you they have given up? Whether you are 11, you are 12, you are 13, you are 14, you are 15, you are 19, you are 31, you are 98. You need to be prayerful. You need to be prayerful. If you are listening to me now, tonight, I want you to subscribe in your heart and in your mind that I will change my mind and I will change my approach and I will learn the intricacies of prayer. The rules of engagement in prayer. I will subscribe and you see how your life will progress. You will see the fulfillment in your heart and the smile that God will put on your face. Because all of a sudden you will be dealing with things that used to now control your life. You leave them all behind. Verse 4. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads. Of four soldiers. So one squad is four. So he's talking about 16, one person being guarded by 16 people. Herod intends to bring him out of out for public trial after the Passover. The plan is to kill him. The verse 5. After arresting him, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly. Praying. And yesterday we spoke extensively about earnest prayer. Engaging prayer. And Elijah prayed earnestly. 
And the church is praying earnestly. But Jesus prayed more earnestly. And that is what we need to sign up for. More earnest prayer. Intense prayer. Dramatic prayer. Prayer that creates an atmosphere. Atmospheres are created. Atmospheres are created, good or bad. Once upon a time, a story was told about the blind and the deaf. They had a challenge. And so they said they would, they would settle the dispute with a fight. So they, they earmarked a location where they would meet and then go and battle. Those who cannot hear the deaf and then those who cannot see. So those who cannot see, say, you know what? Even this guy, if they cannot hear, they can see. So they can make their way to the place and stand advantage time, advantage positions and destroy us. So let us go early. So the, the, the blind went an hour earlier and they stood by the place and there was a tree there, a mango tree. So whilst they were waiting, they were waiting, a mango fell and then hit one of them. They thought the, the, the others have come and then they started fighting. They punch each other. They started punching. Because they can't see, they started punching. They punch they, they, before the death, the death could, could, could come close. And they saw, they say, hey, these people, this is how they are rehearsing. They saw their fight as rehearsals. They said, no, if this is how they are rehearsing, we won't fight them. Let them take the case. Some of you have got the joke. Some of you too. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In, 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 in other words, in other words, what they saw, the battle and the engagement they saw, they made a decision. And when we are praying earnestly and everybody is engaged and everybody is focused and everybody is in the prayer intensely and deeply, others who don't love prayer, they will join in. They will join in. They will join in. 